God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. you to go to uh, James chapter 1 and then we're going to go back to Ezekiel because I really want to finish that up because it really plays into and I got there through James. James chapter 1. I know we're not in James chapter 1 but I want to go back in James chapter 1 it talks about what verse talks about uh, asking for wisdom. Asking for wisdom. What verse is that? Start at verse 1. Oh, verse 5. Okay, start at no, no, we're going to be Ezekiel 47, but then right now we're going to start in James chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to start, we're going to start in James chapter 1, verse 1, down to James chapter 5 or 6, and then we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 47, and we're going to start at verse 8. Okay? So, let's, let's, let's go ahead and get started. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Thank you. Amen. So we ask for wisdom, and you have to, what's the qualification to get the wisdom? You've got to ask in what? Faith. You've got to ask in faith. Okay. We have to ask in faith that the Father of lights, who gives us good deeds, will give us what we need, which is wisdom through his knowledge, gaining his knowledge, and wisdom is the application of the godly knowledge if we ask in faith. And it's the point for asking in faith and gaining the wisdom is that we can handle the tests of life that we experience. Not necessarily dealing with the sin, but just the fact that we're here, we have tests, right? And the Bible tells us that uh, a man's days is, is full of trouble, right? So the trouble on the test of life, you know, and, and we spend a lot of time in Christendom trying to avoid the test where the test builds our character. The test simply builds our character so that we can produce the fruit. Now, in Ezekiel 47, I'm going to actually have free to start at the top again because I, I just want to go through this again so you can see the progression of this. Um, <clears throat> We're going to look for the wisdom of God. And see, what I pointed out to you guys in the I want you to remember, the river is the gospel. So, as you ask God to give you wisdom, what you want him to do is give you revelation of the one thing that has power, the gospel. The more you understand and apply the gospel to your life, the wiser you are. You're not going to have the wisdom of God the way he wants us to have it without having the knowledge of the gospel. I'm not talking about that ankle knowledge. I'm talking about the swimming knowledge. Okay? 
So let's start at verse 1. Go ahead, 47. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. So the temple is facing east. As a matter of fact, this works out perfectly. This building is facing east. And when he's brought it to the temple, what was flowing out? Water was trickling out, right? But the water is flowing from the temple. And it's facing east. So he's coming into the temple on the east side, walking west. Alright? So the banks are on the north and the south. Alright? Alright, go ahead. I want to see y'all gotta visualize this. Go ahead. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, mm -hmm. south of the altar. Mm -hmm. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces toward the east. Mm -hmm. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. So now he's saying he walked him around, he's walking around the temple, and he sees water flowing out of the east side. Okay? He sees the water flowing out of the south side. Go ahead. Going on eastward with the measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits. Okay, go ahead. And then led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. So a thousand cubits is how many yards? 500 yards. So five football fields. Mm -hmm. He led him out into this water. Five football fields. And when he first, his first measurement, this man, somebody led him. Catch that? Somebody led him. He couldn't go into it by himself. He had to be led, which means he had to be convinced. He had to be reasoned with to be led out 500 yards into this water. So, but when he led, he walked out 500 football fields, he was still only, what? Ankle deep. Now remember, the, the, the water is the gospel. So when we first get saved, somebody leads us to the gospel, we can spend a couple of years in it, and we still only, what? Ankle deep. Ankle deep. Let's keep going. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, and it was knee deep. You have took care of the challenges of being ankle deep, and now you're ready to go further in the gospel. So now another 500 yards, another five football fields, whatever problems are in that, get to that next point. You're going to experience all the challenges of walking in water that goes from your ankle to your knee. So you're walking now, and you get to knee deep. We don't know what the time frame is, but obviously it's a linear thing, right? Because he's measuring linearly, right? But it's, when he walks out in time, the water gets what? Deeper. So if the water is the gospel, and we travel through the gospel in time, we should get more deeper as we go, which is what? The word. The word of which I told you is a, a, a quality of? Gospel. No, which is a quality of? M word. Maturity. Right. So as we go linear, we should go deeper, and the deeper is maturity. We should be able to handle anything that happened at ankle level, not at knee level, right? Right, right? And we should be able to tell somebody how to get through what? Ankle level, God, part of the gospel. Right. Them baby steps. Okay, man. So now, all right. Keep reading. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, and it was waist deep. So now you conquered everything, and now you at waist deep. Mm -hmm. And the waist deep person can handle the person at the knee, can handle the person at the ankle. They've been through so this tells me you can't really talk upon what you ain't never been through. That's true. Especially in the word of God. That's true. You can come to Bible study but tell God gives you the revelation to walk you out in. And he walks you out in test your maturity of knowing what he does through your tests and your experiences. 
I can't, I can't say things about you until I see what you, how you've been tested. Right. And it was a great thing about that, that, that uh, 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 Stacy said, and some other people called me and asked me, Pastor, where am I at? <laughs> and if you want to know, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay? Now, go ahead and read. Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. So now, he measured out another thousand. It, the, water's, the water is deep enough to swim in, which means his feet is not touching the ground. Now, let's, let's think about this. When he was ankle deep, his feet were still solid in ground. That's the world. He was still attached to the world. And he went waist deep. He's still to deep, deep world. He's a little deeper, but he's still got a little world in him. But now, he's swimming, completely immersed. Remember in the Bible where Peter said, wash, my, wash not, my, not my head, but my whole body? And he said, those who've been washed don't need to take one, but just be refreshed every now and then. Peter and him have already swam. And God said, there's no reason for you to swim again. Just keep swimming. Okay? You don't need to be fully immersed again. Okay? So now, he says, he, it's, it's deep enough to swim, but it, he can't pass it. Okay? There's a point in time where you're done with the gospel. That's the point of your death. That's the point. Of, the time you leave this earth, you're done with the gospel. The good news has come to its fruition, wherever it may be. But you've swam. you become mature. You become a saint that can be trusted with the word of God and with others, okay? Because you could be you swam in the gospel and spent a thousand yards, I mean a thousand cubits or five hundred yards swimming in the gospel, but you didn't quite get to the other side. Guess what? It's time to lead you back. Okay, read. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Son of man, have you seen this? Now, this is what I talked about Sunday. There are things that you can't see until you swim all the way. And we're going to see. At ankle deep, he couldn't see. At knee deep, he couldn't see. There's things he couldn't see. He was still in the world. He had a splitting in the world. But only through swimming can you now be led back and see some things that were, all, were there that you could not see. Old things pass away. All things become new. So you see it with different eyes now something that's already been there. There are things that I see in you guys that's all, that has always been there, but I couldn't see it at a certain level. You understand what I'm saying? As I mature in this, I can see things that I've never saw in you. And as you mature, you should be able to see some things in each other that you didn't see. It's always been there, but you couldn't see it under your natural eye. Y'all should be gaining an eye of discernment. As most would say, knowing the difference between what? Right and wrong. Just that simple. Okay? Not being, not, we ain't talking about fortune telling. Discernment is knowing the difference in cloudy situations between right and wrong. Okay? Go ahead and read. So he asked, did you, did you see this? And of course the answer is what? No. no. <laughs> so he led him back. What does he see? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on the one side and on the other. So the banks are on the north side and the south side. When he led him back to the south side, now the banks have trees. Trees that what? He didn't see before. Only through swimming through the gospel can you see trees. Trees represent other men and women of God. You can only see these trees if, if you swim in the gospel. You can't call me a man of God necessarily with all surety just because you say so. 
You see what I'm saying? Spirit, no spirit. Okay? So these trees have, are being fed by the water. He couldn't see it. Because now he swam in the water, he's being led back, and now he sees things he never saw before. He didn't say it wasn't there. He said, do you see it? That implies that, hey, they were already there. You just couldn't see it. Sometimes you can't see the good in people until you go through something. And I'm just a person that believes there are people who I got to go through a lot of bad before we see the good. I'm one of them. Amen? I'm one of them. So I, 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 I'm very patient with casting someone away that was doing the same thing that I may have done, but they didn't do it as good as me. <laughs> they didn't get caught up like I, you know, I didn't get caught up like they did. God, he actually does you a favor when you get caught. I say, God, why you let me get away with this so long? If you just would have told me, but he said, I know you. How many things did I get you out of up to that point, and you kept telling me that you going to serve me? Every time I got out of something, you wasn't serious. But I loved you enough to get your attention. I couldn't see his hand. But now that I swim, I can look back all my life and say, God, I see everything that you've done and how you got me to this point. Okay? Go ahead. So the trees are trees are the saints. Now, what I want to say you in, 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 in the uh, in other other uh, studies. The trees represent the apostles. Okay? The trees represent the apostles. In, a, in a John Gill's commentary. Go ahead. And he said to me, verse 8, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Araba mm -hmm. and enters the sea. Mm -hmm. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. Stop. So now, we, we see the direction. We're going to see the direction and the mission of the water. Where does the water flow? Eastward. Down where? Direction. Into the sea. And what's his mission? Everything, this sea, which was the Dead Sea, which is there now in Israel, nothing can grow in it, nothing can last in it, because it's so salty. When this water flows, that's flowing from the temple, wherever there is, is the sea, the Dead Sea, which is dead, which represents all of us and our sins and our trespasses, wherever this water is, goes and receives, it will become what? Fresh. Fresh is an analogy of something that can be used. It becomes fresh. That's, that's your beginning steps. It becomes fresh. And we're going back to becoming a Christian. So we got the one thing, one, one example of going out into the water. Now we got an example of the mission of the water making you fresh. So it makes dead things fresh. Ephesians chapter 2. But God. When that water of the Holy Spirit and the gospel flows into the deadness of your life and sin, it can make you fresh. It can bring you back to life. Okay, go ahead. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. So every living creature that swarms. Now don't think of insects. Think of every living creature that masses around the water and receives the water will live. The Bible says in, in Acts that we have our being and we have our movement and our being in Jesus, don't we? Mm -hmm. Every little living creature has its mobility in Christ. There's not a living creature that doesn't move unless Christ wants it to move. Okay? It has nothing to do with salvation at this point, but we all have our, our, our movement and our being in Christ. Okay? Matter of fact, go to Acts. Somebody go to Acts chapter 17. 
at verse 28. We'll read that. Acts 17. Mm -hmm, 28. So now, in him, we have our move and our being. In him, we have our ability to swarm. We have our ability to move. Okay? Now we have about the mission again. So in him, one of the missions of being filled with the Holy Spirit or being just alive corporally is that we move. We can swarm because we can move. If you can't move, you can't swarm. You have to be quickened by the gospel so you can come to the water. The gospel is the power and the salvation which makes you alive. So you are quickened so that you can come to the water and continue to drink or continue to walk through. All right? Now, in Zechariah, go ahead, 14 and 8, what does it say? On that day, living waters shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. So, go ahead, go ahead. It shall continue in summer as in winter. So that means this will flow out, right? Half to the east and half to the west. But there's life in the water. There's always life it's called, because it's called what? Living, Living water. So it rings true with what we read is that in, in, uh, in, uh, in Ezekiel that this water that flows wherever it flows and is accepted, something's going to live. Those trees going to live. Those trees, those apostles are living because God chose them and they accepted what God had to offer them. All right? Go back to uh, Ezekiel. And now we're going to get into the benefits of the water. So one of the first benefits is the water is it, it will become, wherever it flows into the sea, it's going to become what? Fresh. Fresh. And wherever it flows, it's, everything's going to become what? Alive. So that's one of the benefits. Go ahead. And there will be very many fish. So now, not only will there be plant life, but there will be, be fish. So these fish will be in the water. Plenty fish. Plenty fish. Plenty fish. The gospel. Attracts plenty fish. Because he promised the, the apostles they would be what? Fishers of men. And when they went back to try to fish in the way they weren't supposed to, where they were supposed to be out fishing for men, Jesus had to come and give them an example and say, even though you've done what you used to doing, that was profitable to you and honorable to you, and it seemed, and it seemed as if that's what you're supposed to be doing, I told y'all y'all to be fishing men. So this is what I want you to do. You didn't catch nothing on your own, but I want you to what? Cash your net on the other side. The other side represents the obedience. Because if they were not obedient to what Jesus said, they would have never caught that fish, would they? Same thing with you. If you're not obedient to what God tells us to do in his word, you won't catch nothing. Some of you are so blessed that I see, and you want active obedience away from being blessed even more. And it's not a monumental, uh, I'll tell Jackie, it's not this, oh, grandiose obedience. 
It's that consistent obedience. Every day. God said, if you could just live in obedience every day, try to at least, I can bless you and trust you with some things. You are swimming when you be obedient. Okay? You're swimming. And there's much fish, which means there are people that you're going to attract because you're obedient. There's people at your job that you're going to attract to come visit us because you're obedient. We're all y'all, same thing. People will come and want to see why you're being blessed through your obedience. And that you ain't doing some grandiose thing. Or they hold up, they find our church, you ain't doing we ain't doing five or six offerings of service. We don't do any. And we being blessed. Because you give out of your heart. And God says, obey. He loves a what? Cheerful giver. So I don't want you to put no money in the thing if you ain't cheerful. Keep your money. I don't want you to take your money. I don't want you to take this, this offering with an ugly, ugly, with a with a not perfect sacrifice. And perfect means to me one that is given willingly. You know, even the tithe that some of us go by, which I don't have no problem with you do that. If you do it without a clean, pure, joyful heart, you just waste your time at that too. He ain't taking off the number, he limited the heart. God don't need a 10. He said, give it all to him. But he said, I'm not required to give it all. What I'm required to do is a different way to give. Give out of your heart. Don't just give because there's 10. Don't count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I'll give you the 1. Don't do that. God too good for that. God wants you to give because you want to. All right? And that means time. I ain't talking about money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about prayer. All that God wants it all. But he said, just give me a little bit. Be faithful with it. If you be faithful with five minutes of prayer, it's better than praying for an hour and never praying again. Okay? Go ahead. Read uh, what I told you. Oh, no, the benefits. The benefits. In Psalms, you need to go there, you can note this down. In Psalms 103 and 2, it says, do, do not forget his benefits. So don't forget his benefits. The psalmist knew. We can forget God's benefits, can't we? Yes. We can continue to live our life being blessed and not give credit to God and forget how he's benefited us. How the gospel, that water, has made us alive. How the preaching and teaching of the word of God has blessed us, has helped us be obedient. We can't forget. That's Psalms 103 and 2. 103 and 2. Go ahead, Mary. You know what? It pays to be obedient. Because even with this job, I don't like my hours. You know, being at one o'clock. I don't like those hours at 10 at night because I want to get away from night. But God saw that I needed this. Right. Amen. And he was like, well, at least you can still go to the Bible. So he thanked me for that. <laughs> like, That's right. Oh, you know, be real. I was like, I know. I go. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, you know, yeah. I thank God he allowed me to still continue to come to the Bible. Amen. Yeah. In all issues of life and life eternal are in the gospel. Because that's why he said, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What's the power and the salvation? All your issues of life, every every verse, every chapter of the Old Testament, every every bit of the Old Testament is about getting to the gospel, the good news, which is the body of Jesus Christ and the word of God. And see, this is what I'm trying to tell you. It is so simple, but so deep that, again, you have to see what I'm talking about to understand. The more you understand, there's a God that gave his son. His son gave his life so he can give us life eternal. God gave his son. His son gave his life so he can give you life. 
But did you deserve it? Did you earn it? No, because if you earned it, it wouldn't be grace and mercy. He would have owed it to you. And, the, and God says, the older man, nothing but to love them. What God did is say, what I do owe you is some love. And therefore, we should practice that with each other. Okay? We should practice it with each other. Let's go back to Ezekiel. What verse are we on? Okay. Fishermen will stand beside the sea. From Engadi to Englium, it will be meant it will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. Stop. So we see the multitude of different kinds of fish, Gentiles and Jews, being caught by the fishermen. So you go from being a fish to a fisherman. Okay? And if you're a fisherman, that means you're going to cast a net. All Christians are called to be fishermen. That's the Great Commission, right? And the fish you're going to catch are all different kinds. It just will be black fish, white fish, Chinese fish. It will be all ethnic groups. Everybody that's a human being can be caught in this net of various fish of various kinds. And there will be plenty of them if you know what to fish with, which is the gospel. You fish with the water that the fish come out of. Catch that. You fish with the water that the fish come out of. Because if you put a fish in some strange water, it eventually dies, won't it? You got to kind of match the water they're already swimming in. So your proficiency in being able to explain the gospel is key. Out of your experiences with God. You can't give a swimming uh, uh, testimony when you're only ankle deep. You may try, but it just don't fit you. Give an ankle testimony. If it got you to get saved, it can get them to get saved. Amen. Mm -hmm. Your swimming is based upon you being obedient. Okay? So just be, be thankful where you're at. Yes. And knowing that God wants you to eventually swim. Amen. Okay. Bible says some of you ought to be teachers by now. But you still need milk. And that's okay to a certain degree. Because it's always the one that still need milk that want to eat meat. And all the ones who eat meat really want to go back to milk because it was, because guess what? At the milk level, I wasn't accountable, I wasn't responsible. But when you're swimming, you better keep swimming because guess what? If you don't keep swimming, you're going to drown. Okay? So you got to learn how to swim. All right? So you're going to connect, connect many fish. Many fish of different kinds represents all the people. Now you go from fish to fishermen. Go ahead. Verse 11. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. Mm -hmm. They are to be left for salt. Now, that's the same way disobedience does. Disobedience separates you. A marsh is actually separated with, through a body of land from the sea and the river. Okay? It trickles in, but it's, there's some land. It may not be dry, because that's what they call a swamp. Okay? But it says, where there's disobedience, even though the water comes, where there's not acceptance of the gospel, it will remain salty. Just like the woman who turned around and looked back. She turned into a pillar of salt. In Jewish folklore, they have stories about people not becoming the salt of the earth, but through disobedience, becoming salt. Okay? So you got to know the difference. The Bible's talking about that. Because we know the Bible says we're the salt of the earth. But it's the key to the salt of the earth is being savory, right? Useful. But there is a salt that's not useful. Okay? When a salt loses its savior, it's not useful. Alright? So it's the saviorness. It's, 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 the, it's the purpose 
of the salt that makes it useful. And when it's in the gospel and accepted, it's useful. But in this situation, this is people who are close to the church, come to church, hang around church, got a little water, got the gospel sent to them, but they have no intentions of obeying. And they think they're fooling people. <laughs> they play in church, but they not become the church. They think they're fresh, but they're just as salty as they were the day they decided to play the game. Okay? We can pray for them, but the, what, the God, what this is saying, the gospel really condemns them. See, the gospel does either two things, one or two things. It's either the power unto salvation or the condemnation unto death. Because if you don't accept the gospel, that means you don't accept Jesus, right? Because yeah. Jesus is the body of the gospel, right? So if the water, the gospel, Jesus comes into your way and you don't accept it, the Bible says you're condemned already. So when the gospel comes, it just ratifies your condemnation. You just wait for sentencing. If we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, you're already supposed to die. But when we receive the gospel, we're given eternal life. And when, you, when the gospel comes to those who don't accept Jesus Christ, I don't care how long they've been in church, I don't care how long they've been, I don't care nothing about the historical relationship to church. If they don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and everything that's in his word about Jesus Christ, believe upon him as the scripture said, not in the belly shall flow what? Living water. So you become the purpose the purpose is to give you the living water so it can flow out of you, you are like a swamp. People think that you got life, but you ain't got nothing but death. Mm. You, you're on the surface, it looks good. You look churchy. Right. But then underneath it, they keep talking to you, they find out it's all you about is a blessing with your name on it. <laughs> but you ain't never blessed nobody else. So you could you a salt. Go ahead. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month. Stop. So on the north side of the bank and on the south side of the bank, there will be these trees, right? Mm -hmm. And these trees who represent the apostles, they will bear what? Fruit. fruit. So now we go from fish, fishermen, to trees. And because we are obedient, we feed off the gospel. Those of us who are called to do this, we feed off the gospel. And then through the gospel, we can bear much fruit. The Bible talks about you can know a tree by its fruit, right? So let me ask you this. A leader that's appointed that does not have any fruit won't have anybody following him. It's only the anointed leaders of God that have produced fruit and much fruit. Much fruit has nothing to do with necessarily numbers. It has something to do with maturity and change. Because you become more mature in Christ. As Jackie said Sunday, she feels she's long, she's, she's not just at ankle deep no more. Okay? So this is, this is what I'm saying. So when these trees that feed off the water of the gospel that makes everything alive and everything fresh is guaranteed to produce fruit. Where there is no fruit, there has been no gospel accepted. That's all you chalk it up to. You got these pastors without a congregation. What's, what's the point of that? You should be willing to step down and, and, and say, you know what? I don't really want to carry that title no more. Because I don't hang the sheep. Just call me brother. But our egos won't let us do that. And then some of us find our way to either politic our way into the title, buffoon ourselves into the title, or pay our way into the title. Well, if you pay your way to try to politics or buffoon your way to the title, you got a title without any anointing. Yeah. That's all that is. 
a title without an anointing. And again, I'm running into senior pastors on a regular basis telling me they wish that they had not ordained, anointed, licensed men and women because they've done nothing but furthering the gospel. There's no fruit in their life. And when they think about it, they did it out of political reasons. Politics, making someone happy. But this water is going to produce much fruit. So the Bible says that Jesus is the what? True vine. And we are the branches. And the branches produce the fruit that fed off the what? Vine. And the vine is also in the what? Water. Well, this is so simple. This is so simple. All right. Freddie, you ready or you want you know, Okay, go ahead. All right, I'm with Ferris. You ready? <laughs> Go there talking. Go ahead. Because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Because the what? The water for them flows from the sanctuary. So the water that they receive doesn't just flow from anywhere. It flows from what? The sanctuary. And in this description of sanctuary, it talks about, if you go back, because we almost finished with Ezekiel, it goes back to talking about the king being in his seat inside the sanctuary. So the water's flowing from Jesus. Okay? This is Ezekiel's temple. The water's flowing from Jesus. This is the last temple. This is the temple the Jews think they're going to build, build, but can't be built until the new Jerusalem comes. Because in this new temple, if you go back and look and listen to Venus's lessons, it, it, it has some of the preliminaries of Solomon's temple, but it doesn't have the veil, and it doesn't have the courts where you separate people. Only people separated are the peace priests and the people. But it's not a court for the Gentiles, a court for the women. It's none of that. It's one big court for all those who worship Christ. Who worship in spirit and in truth. All right? Go ahead. Now, we got, we got the branches. Go ahead. The leaves. Now, what about the leaves? What would the leaves do? The leaves will produce healing. Now, if you say, okay, Pastor, are you telling me the leaves will produce this natural healing? That, like, if I'm sick... Yeah, but the more important sickness that you have, the biggest cancer that you got in your life, the disease that you carry from birth is sin. So the gospel will produce leaves that will fall, that will go back into the water, that you will walk from, that you can heal from. It's leaves. The fruit will feed the next generation, but the leaves that you leave, the byproduct of good fruit is a lot of leaves. I think about my acorn tree in front of my house. Anybody know where I live at? I got, I mean, my, for some reason, my yard is the yard to get all the leaves. But I got the biggest tree in the neighborhood. Okay? But you know what? Because the tree has a lot of leaves, guess what the tree also has? A lot of acorns. The fruit. You're not going to find a tree with, little, with no leaves and a lot of fruit. The fruit, and there's a balance. I don't know what the ratio is, but if you want to you pick a good apple, look for a tree that produces an apple with a lot of leaves. Because that's where the nourishment comes from. The, the leaves suck in the sun. Okay? So there's healing in the leaves of the fruit bearing tree of those tree of those who teach and preach and walk out the gospel. That's what I did get to say Sunday. Okay? Because that's what I really wanted to say. We just rushed out of here. But that's okay. Because I told her, y'all know I'm gonna come back with it for you. Now they ain't gonna get it on Sunday. <laughs> Move on. But what I'm just saying, because they can listen to this on the, on, the, on the radio, but I'm just saying, is this a beautiful illustration of the gospel? Whichever one you like. You might like the fish part, the fish story, the, the walking part. You might like the fish part. Or you may like the part about the leaves of the tree. You pick which one works for you. You can bounce in between them. Whichever one works for you. 
Okay? You can tell somebody, you know what? I, I know some leaves that can heal you. They're going to be like, well, what are you talking about? You tell them the gospel. They're looking for a natural healing. You're about to give them spiritual healing. You know, and if you know some leaves, some acacia leaves, some, you know, you tell them about them too. But what I'm saying is, there's diff- depending on who you are as a person, you can decide to lead the person into the gospel that way. It's truly up to you. Okay? It's truly up to you. That's why the study of Ezekiel was so good. Venus had done such a good job. Because we're, we're getting to this point. And now it makes everything else make sense. But we had to endure some stuff. Because it's a hard book to understand because there's a lot of imagery. But it gets me to the gospel. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking for Jesus, and now I see him. Now that book, which is 48 chapters long, has now bared down to this right here. Because if I get this, if I can understand this what I, chapter 47, and what it offers me is the gospel and Christ, salvation, saved from my sins, everlasting life, being able to live out of godly life with the water of life. And I know that if I believe this, like the scripture said, that I will become a dispenser of the same living water that's in this passage. I'm good. I'm good. If I don't do nothing else, I'm good. Now I need to go out and live it out. Now I need to go out and live it out. Okay? All right. Any questions? Comments? Thank you for listening to today's sermon. You're invited to come worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. Our Dig Deeper Bible studies are held at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. All are welcome, and we can't wait to see you. Thank you again.